It's Thursday. Today is Thursday. I've brought you the greatest gift of all. Oh, yeah? Well, in that case... Entertain me! It's showtime. Make use of the help that God puts around you. We are not a glum lot. A promise is a promise. It's very simple. Just don't drink and go to meetings. Give time, time. Easy does it. I do it. Want to have self-esteem? Just do esteemable things. One day at a time. We carry the message, not the alcoholic. Don't quit before the miracle happens. Hey, with an effective character, three guys sitting around talking about our personal experience in recovery. Hey, I'm Mike. I'm Dennis. James here. The opinions are our own. We don't represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship. Today, we'll be sharing our experience on courage. In this episode 79 of the Defective Characters Podcast, let's go. Woohoo. I think of the cowardly lion right away. Right? Courage. What did he he say? He Ah. said he was the king of the forest or he wanted to be? Yeah. Yeah. He wanted courage because he was scared all the time. Speaking of, hey Dennis. Hi. Yeah, I, I just I know it's your favorite. Would you say it's your favorite? Who do you, who do you identify with most out of the uh, four of them? So you got uh, what's that girl's name? Wendy. <laughs> Dorothy. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say adding people in. Wendy, the Burger King, yeah. or Ronald McDonald. <laughs> Grimace. He, I, Grimace. 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 Oh, <laughs> Son of a biscuit. I'm more like the Chick-fil-A chicken. Oh, no. <laughs> I like having Sundays off. Um, no, who do, you, who do you identify with and how was the last seven days? Of Wizard of Oz characters? Uh, no, fast food legends. Yes. Uh. <laughs> legends. <laughs> legends. <laughs> fast food idols. Um I don't know. I mean, currently, I guess the cowardly lion, I guess. Historically, I don't know. More probably Dorothy and stuff that, like, wanting to find a place where you belong kind of thing. But, yeah, I don't know. Past seven days are all right. They're getting better. I had my therapy session, and they, like, they, uh, the assignment that he gave me, I've, like, accomplished that pretty much, like, meeting someone new every day and i haven't to be honest i haven't tried to do it it's just naturally done it because i know so many people and like am around people so that's good um yeah played some minecraft watched some old disney movies uh this morning though i went and set up the meeting and after i set up the meeting i was outside before everyone showed up I saw this little piece of trash on the ground, right? And it's like a little folded up index card. So I just picked up the the trash to throw it away. But I opened it and it said, the Lord will bring peace. And it has like the numbers 642 to 26 or whatever. So I was like, wow, that's good. You know what's so, funny? I know you said trash, but I'm looking at that. You know what I see? What? I see treasure. Treasure. There you go. <laughs> Not really. It's a piece of trash. I'm glad you're keeping it, though. I am, because it was cool. (laughs) Like, you know, imagine if at the beginning of the movie, if the Courage Lion, like, was walking around and he, like, picked up a little piece of paper and it said, like, oh, the Lord will bring courage. 
And then you'd be like, oh, okay. And then you wouldn't have to go to Oz and deal with all that crazy shit and the, mon- the flying monkeys and everything mm. and the witches and stuff. So I'm hoping to avoid more vi- witches and flying monkeys. Yeah, but if he didn't do that, there wouldn't be many, many movies or musicals. Well, yeah, but maybe he'd be all right. <laughs> Dorothy still got to get home so she can go on her adventure. Think about how many people would still have to be waiters and waitresses if they were not able to be in the Broadway musicals and off-Broadway playing the Cowardly Lion, if it was just the rest of them. So you're, you're saying that that his misery is, is job creation? Yeah, like, I, I, it's employment. There would be children that would be holding cardboard signs if it wasn't for that character. Well, no, he, right? he'd still have, he could still have a spot in Act 1. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds like uh, the chances of being as lucrative would go down quite a bit. Yeah, he did make the movie, right? Yeah, it was all him. He I think, married it. think he made it. So the stuff with the, the therapist that you had. So last week when we caught up, you did the first session. They gave you that homework. And uh, James made a reference that just like baseball, it's three strikes and you're out. Uh, do you have a second appointment set up with him? Yeah, I have a second appointment set up for Wednesday. Um, but that I'm not going to give it three strikes. I'm not going to listen to James. I'm going to do it <laughs> two strikes. And then I'm, then I'm, I'm going to walk. <laughs> um, because like I talked to my sponsor about it or whatever and told him about my experience and stuff. And we both kind of agreed that like, I don't need more drug counseling and like more like AA 101 because I'm like, I'm immersed in AI. I get all of that kind of stuff. I need more professional help or whatever. So I'm probably going to go to a, a psychiatrist here, you know, instead of, uh, instead of continuing doing this, you know. So, but it is what it is. It's all good. Yeah. How'd you find this guy that you're with now? Uh, it was a, through our friend who it was a guy that he saw when he was up in Canada. So the whole idea, whenever I went and saw this guy was like, kind of like, well, this is the first step. Just talk to this guy, see what he thinks and what's going on and then move on to the next. So it was never like the plan to be like long-term seeing this guy in Canada. You know, it was just someone who specializes in, addiction and other things like that and like our friend already knew him and stuff so it was easy to get an appointment and set it all up and all of that kind of stuff so it was like the first step but but yeah it's all good um anyways how was your week james what are you talking about about good did you do anything fun or cool? What did I do? I um, I worked a lot, and um, I'm getting little, little by little, a couple presents for my son, who's turning 14. He likes to open presents still, but who doesn't? And um, let me see. It was my four-year wedding anniversary. Um, so my wife and I celebrated that. We each got each other cards. Yeah, what did y'all do? 
Did y'all do anything um, like dinner or anything? Uh, I made her uh, steak and eggs for breakfast. I had to work that night. Oh yeah, but it was really cool because yeah. there was, by chance, there was another couple celebrating a ten-year anniversary on the same day, and then the next day there was another couple celebrating. Um, that day, but it was actually the same day as me, which is the twelfth. So, because I always ask um, whenever anyone comes, I'm like, I'm just—they must think I'm so crazy because I'm so excited to see them, and I'm like, "Are you guys celebrating anything special today?" Because <laughs> I always want to know if they're like celebrating. Most of them are like, "No, we're just hungry," yeah. and a lot of times we're celebrating life, and I love that answer. It's so good. Do you guys yeah, do anything like, at your work if people are celebrating? Like not a birthday, but a, anything else, like like a free cupcake or anything. Yeah, we we definitely have a button for a, a free um, ice cream sundae. Oh, so, oh I, nice. I can give those out all day if I want. I'm gonna celebrate every time I come in Do there. You man. ask for an ID, I think I, or like a marriage Dennis? certificate. No, I don't ID uh, anybody. What? <laughs> I I just take people's words for it. You're like, well, our ice cream. Is- they buy it like a dollar a gallon or something. Well, our clientele is mainly like, you know, established families, like families of four and older couples. I don't think they're going to go to a restaurant and lie to get a free ice cream. It's not like a bunch of teenagers, if you will. Yeah. Well, con- but you know- congratulations yeah. on your four years anniversary. Now, is four years anything, James? You know how, like, they say the first year is paper, that you're supposed to give each other something with paper? Did you guys do anything like that? I think... A friend of mine no, did, we did six years, and it was like iron. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't know. Here's an iron ore. <laughs> I just told her you should give it, give a like a little thing of blood because blood has iron in it, right? Oh, that's demented. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or you could just do cast iron stuff. Good hey, Ken. Good morning. I got James on the phone. Hey, James. Hey. Oh, yeah. Hello. That, that, that was Pastor Ken. Hi, Ken. He can't hear you. No. We're, I gave we're her um, our steps in. Orchid. Put um, so, Get it? <laughs> get our steps in. Oh, I get it. Because <laughs> we're walking. So that, that brings me, this morning I was thinking, right, that we have like, we have a good solid three people that listen to us or whatever. So I, I think it's time for us to get our merch game on. Ooh. And I was thinking, like, I could have a shirt that just says woohoo on it. James could have a shirt that says uh james here on it and then you could have like five thousand shirts and each one is just one of your bad jokes that you tell oh wow thanks you're for the insults yeah but, but <laughs> i got a better idea three ways. how about this his shirt can say get your dad jokes here get your dad yeah. jokes. Your, your super dad jokes. i got him i got him that, that way people will come up to him and be like i need a dad joke and he can just come up with it right It'll be like the the old kissing boobs at the fairs at the 30s and stuff, but it'll be like the super dad joke. You just walk up and you give him your ticket and he and he gives you a customized dad joke. Yeah. Wow, that, that felt dead. Yeah, James <laughs> liked it. He's already getting into the mood. Oh, yeah. I Speaking of dad jokes, I got one. A skeleton walks into a bar and he orders a beer, a bucket, and a mop. <laughs> okay, That's I'm it. ready. <laughs> that was it because he's a skeleton. Oh, it goes through him. He doesn't have a stomach. I get it. I, I, get it. I got one. <laughs> a guy walks into a bar. He says, Ouch. <laughs> oh, God. 
Okay, I got one more. Uh, a hot dog walks into a bar and he orders a chicken sandwich, some fries, and a soda pop. The bartender says, we don't serve food here. <laughs> uh, I like that. All right. How about this? How about this? What what does what does the creature from the Black Lagoon eat? What? See we- Nope. Fish and ships. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I'm gonna tell you about my week. Um <laughs> is there this <laughs> is pretty good. Um so uh, I am grateful that um, I had a, uh, a really great week and so much. So I, uh, a quick update. So I, I moved in a couple weeks ago with my girlfriend and we talked about last week how my ex filed the motion trying to, to move with my daughter and just thankful that my perspective wasn't like anger. It was like, well, I already know, like it's, it's not possible. It's sad that it, you know, she wanted to do that, but I'm grateful that I don't have to worry about that. And on Facebook, there was a picture that I posted about my storage unit. And I told my lawyer to, uh, since we're not talking to kind of give my new address, to to her and kind of do all that and he i guess was waiting so she actually found out that i moved on facebook and that could have been a really like terrible thing but i said oh you know sorry that you didn't get the new address here's the new address you know our daughter everything's great she's got her own room big bed plenty of room to play around and there was no back and forth or fighting it was it was all positive you know it was really good and um, kind of like a strange thing, you know, but there's no anger on it, anybody's side. Um, I just maybe think she is under the impression that, I don't know, that, that I'm fine with being a dad just because there are those people that are fine being a, a parent just a couple days, you know, a, a month, but I, I'm not that person just just today you know and it's it's no knock of anything it's just i uh if i have any ability i just i don't want to let her go you know i think it's probably because she came into the world the way she did you know that i'm like um no you know i i would actually not like this decision uh made for me so just kind of grateful for that and the weather's getting warmer. You know, it's a little too hot for Dennis, but, you know, I think it's because of the pants. When's the last time you wore shorts, Dennis? Uh, when I, like a few years ago, when I went to Thailand, I wore shorts because, like. Do you have pictures? I did, because, like, Kevin made me make him a promise that when I go to Thailand that I have to wear shorts at least once and take a picture of it. So I did. So somewhere on my computer, I think I have a picture of me wearing shorts and flip-flops. Have you seen it, James? No. no. Just in picture. Yeah. See, I've never, I've never even seen a picture. I, and you know what? Even if I saw a picture, I would think it's photoshopped. Well, I don't actually own any shorts. Like, I own a pair of swim trunks, but I think that's the only shorts I wear. It's because you don't like your knees? That's why? 
no, I don't know. Ever since I was 13, I started wearing jeans and I haven't stopped. I'm like a creature of habit. So, like, I own very few clothes and I wear them over and over again. And I don't like shopping and I don't like picking out clothes and stuff. He's gotten two shirts. He's gotten two shirts in the past three years, and they're both from me. Pro- probably. It did you it's got another one? Probably true. Yeah. No, he didn't get me this one. I'm gonna get. A- I'm gonna get you one with Garfield's face that says, "I like lasagna, and I hate Mondays." I do like lasagnas, and Mondays are just another day. Yeah. More, more love lasagna, less hate Mondays. Yeah. Pretty, pretty sweet. So, James, I'm curious if you could start us off. You're curious, George, the curious little monkey. I know it's true. When it comes to when it comes to courage, um, it, was it was was that something like which? I guess what the fourth step is like that's the principle that is tied to it. But I think it could actually be put into the first one too. I know the. The principle that is supposed to be tied to that is honesty, but uh, I know for me, well, I think we can apply almost all the principles to all of the steps. There's a the yeah, there's a lot going on in my mind right now. I mean, you know, I can. Well, let's talk about for me um, the courage to, like you said, admit that you know something's wrong with me, and um, I need help, and. Um, I was, you know, intuitive enough to know that I couldn't do it on my own because I had probably tried and failed and said I was going to do something, told my ex that I was going to stop drinking, and then I couldn't, you know, I I just couldn't stop. Like, as soon as I got a little bit of money, I would go and get some alcohol, and I would make a mess of everything. So... Early in my adult life, you know, I, I had some courage to go to an AA meeting for the first time. And, um, you know, I've shared on this podcast many times that, you know, it was it was enough to give me a taste. But uh, I'm, I'm certainly not a one chip wonder. I don't even think I didn't even pick up a chip that day. I was just sitting and listening. Um, but, you know. Ultimately, it was courage to go sit in a, in a room and listen to people talk and realizing, like, what has my life become? Um, but I didn't take any action at that time. You know, I didn't I didn't do anything to better my life. And, um, you know, the courage to go through and admit everything I have done on my fourth and fifth step, I think that was, you know the most I think that was the bravest I've ever been in my life because you know for me I had stuff that I was taking to my grave there was no way I was going to say this out loud um because of fear of God of the police of being prosecuted all sorts of stuff you know and um I was like man if if I say it out loud that makes it true but the thing is for me um when I said it out loud, that means that I owned what I've done. And by saying it out loud, and that that starts the healing process. So even though I was very reluctant uh, to share my fourth step with my sponsor, I was scared. Um, you know, tears were coming out. 
everything about me was saying, do not say this out loud. Do not tell anybody about this stuff. But you know what, guys? I did it anyways. Well, and do you ha- do you know of anything that gave you that courage? Like, what was able to like get through that fear and and actually do it? It was God. I felt God with me. Um, and and I'm not talking about my my first, fourth, and fifth steps because you know I ultimately uh, recanted some of the stuff that I um, was that I, I didn't say. Ultimately, I kept drinking because the stuff that I really needed to talk about and get out was what was kept getting me drink. You got a lot of wind going on over there, guys. It's funny. It's beautiful. There's there's actually no wind. It's so crazy. Are you walking and talking? Yeah. I mean, right right now, we just moved. So maybe that's what you're hearing. You turds. Oh, we had to. There was uh, there was machines making a lot of noise. Yeah, there was a duck too. I yeah. heard the duck. I there were no ducks. Yeah, I didn't see a duck. Mm, yeah, I didn't even see him. Yeah, it must have been Dennis. Yeah, must but, have been. Most likely, it's it's funny that like that that courage piece of yes, especially and maybe that's why it's tied to it because actually admitting to essentially a stranger you know like how how long did you know our current sponsor james before uh you did your fourth step like how many how many months um less than a year yeah a couple so so somebody i mean and i know for me there are friends of mine that i have known probably Going back to my oldest friend I've been friends with for 26 years, and he doesn't even know some of the stuff that I told my first sponsor and told our current sponsor. And so to have the courage to admit that stuff, because as we're told, that's how, that's how the, I don't know, the sickness goes away. You know, that's how you get closer to well. It's kind of crazy. You know, um, but I know it worked for me and, you know, I felt like after doing that, there was a weight that was lifted, you know, and we talked about before, there was almost a bit of a ceremony. My first sponsor's like, okay, now, you know, take all the stuff that you wrote down your four step and just, just burn it, just get rid of it, you know? And then he's like, Oh, you're on step nine. Great. We'll take the stuff on step four that you wrote down. <laughs> and now I'll go make amends. And I'm like, I, don't, I forget who. Forget who it was. You told me to burn it. And he's like, no, literally. So, you know, always make sure if your sponsor tells you something, make sure you say, am I supposed to literally do this? Or is this figurative? Well, because some people do literally tell people to burn their forts. I understand. Like, and I took him as a literal man and I should not have. So did you actually go and burn it? I did. Where in did the you... parking lot behind my work. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I lit it on fire and I'm like, man, I feel good. Ashes before it blows away or someone's going to find like one half page. Honestly, like... it pro- there. Yeah. It was, and it was probably like the worst page. It was probably like my boss at the time. Oh, no. And since I did my fifth step, it like lands on his car, like an old <laughs> yeah. or something, and he like starts up the engine. And he's like, "What's that?" Yeah, no, 
it was it was no good um but yeah the, like the courage to do that is something and to like walk into the uh the rooms and to keep coming you know and um i forget how many months maybe i was like it must have i must have been six months sober and i just had a real bad day and was like fuming over god knows what at this point and i wasn't tempted to drink but i was like i felt so off and so terrible and was just thinking about myself and i got so mad uh because my wife at the time asked me after a long day and it wasn't a good day whatever happened she's like I know you just got home, but you got to go get Velveeta shells and cheese. We need it for dinner. And that was the last straw. And I brought that to a meeting. I talked about how mad I was that it's like she didn't appreciate me. And I had such a bad day. And she asked me to get Velveeta shells and cheese. And that was that was just it. Like, how dare she? And uh, everybody started laughing. And it's funny when people in the rooms like laugh at stuff that you say like if a friend did that i would be furious and be like you're not taking me seriously here like my problems are are that big and meanwhile this big uh, italian guy named rocky raised his hand <laughs> and he's like i can identify with that and he said some ridiculous stuff and it was almost like a stand-up routine everybody was like laughing and busting a gut in this gymnasium that was full of at least 60 maybe even 70 drunks on a monday night just came together and we're laughing about Velveeta shells and cheese, you know, but it's the courage of like, if you're not feeling right, make sure you go to a meeting. And when, if, when, and if they say, is anyone having trouble staying away from a drink or a drug today, you raise your hand and say that you're not doing well, you know, that even more than, um, doing my fourth and fifth step with a stranger, that I think was more challenging than anything else. And there was probably only twice that I raised my hand and said, I'm having a tough time today because early on I was connecting with alcoholics like all the time, but it was six months in. And then I think like a year and a half in, um, that I was, uh, I went on my first vacation without a drink or a drug and had a real tough time, you know, and now I can go anywhere and do anything. But, it's kind of like checking those things off the list first and saying, like, if you've never uh, been to a bar without a drink or a drug, the first time you do it, then you have some perspective and you can say, oh, I've already done that, you know, or I've gone to a wedding or I've gone to a funeral, you know, I've done all these things. And um, I think it's that courage of doing it the first time that's helped. What's your relationship with courage, Dennis? I've never met courage in my life. Yeah, I don't know. It's good. You should. You should meet him. Yeah. Or her. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think it's good. Like, when I think of courage, you know, it's like the old, you know, quote or adage of, of courage isn't the absence of fear. It's taking the action in spite of fear, you know. And so I think it for me, it's all relative, right? So like when I did a fourth step, I wasn't really that scared to do the fourth step. Um, I'm relatively an open book. I have some things that I don't share with everyone on earth, but like my close friends, I will and stuff and certain people. But um, 
so that wasn't really scary for me but like because of my like anxiety and stuff like sometimes like getting out of bed is scary or like walking outside the house or you know little mundane things like taking the shot or going to the bathroom depending on the state of mind that i'm in um and then there's like but then i have to do it because i know like taking this action that when i get through it the fear will go away and i'll be better off if i just sit in it then it's going to be a lot worse um you know then there's bigger things like you know one thing that you might be able to relate to mike is is like being in front of the camera for the first time you know what i'm saying and and you know you there's a part of you that wants to do it and knows it's the fun thing to do and the right thing to do but then there's a part of you that's terrified of doing it so it's like what part are you going to listen to and to me having courage is listening to that that good part of it you know rather than the the fear-based part of it um and i i think it's you know i think there's a lot of moments in recovery like james touched on you touched on is like first admitting you have a problem is like you know, that takes a lot of courage because we all want to like think, or at least me, that like I don't have a problem, you know, or I have a problem, but I can take care of it myself. I don't, you know, a lot of people have the concept of like asking for help is weakness or whatever. So to overcome that, overcome the pride and the ego and stuff to be able to just ask for help, it takes a lot of courage. Then, um, you know, asking for a sponsor, first time you chair a meeting, first time you raise your hand and share in a meeting, like a lot of those are courages that are fears that I had to overcome and stuff. And then also like me now, like three and a half years sober. And what I've been going through recently is I had to have the courage to like be open about what I'm going through to my sponsor and my friends and fellowship and stuff. And then, and ask for help again, you know what I'm saying? For something different, not help to like stop drinking or whatever, but I needed help. And because I did that, you know, I'm starting to get the help that I need, you know, and I'm not doing it alone and all of that. So, yeah, and I think like James touched on it earlier when I asked the question of what gave him that courage is I think like having a little faith in God does help, you know, that, you know, we we know that we're not in control of any of it. And, you know, I'd like to believe that God has my best interest in heart. All I have to do is show up and get out of the way. And when I do do that, things usually work out. When I don't do that, the fear just builds and things get worse, you know? So what's your take on it? I, I think I, I want to pose this to you guys, this, guy, this um, question of if somebody's on the fence and uh, is having a tough time, I guess, finding the courage to maybe they've gone to a couple of meetings, but. Yeah, it, and you said it, the courage to actually ask uh, a first sponsor or a temporary sponsor to actually sit down with you and kind of walk through the steps. How, uh, what advice do you have for somebody that hasn't done it yet? Because I think that's, that for me, that's the biggest thing is finding somebody to do that. So that way, because, yeah, you can do some of the steps um, on your own, you know, with the help of a, a big book, but, um, having a sponsor is, 
I would say most commonly, probably, right? When when you say James, like more people have done their their fifth step with a sponsor than than yeah. than others. Yeah, the, you know that's the the basic principle. I mean, the big book doesn't even mention a sponsor; it just mentions you know someone you can trust, uh, a priest, someone close, clergyman, and ultimately that's you know, over time people would get a sponsor and they could trust in that sponsor. Um, but as long as you're, you're doing what you, the book says, you know, admitting everything and, and learning from, from your mistakes and you see a pattern and, and getting that crap out that you, that you press down for so long, you know, ultimately it doesn't really matter who it is as long as you, you get it out, you know, but it's very, it's a good idea for someone you can trust. Cause if you tell a bunch of stuff to someone and they start blabbing their mouth, that's not a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think like for me, I right around the time that I was, that I did my fourth step and, and was about to do my fifth step with it. I was hanging out with a friend of mine who just happens to be a therapist. She's not my therapist or whatever. She's just a friend of mine, but like because of the circumstances or whatever, like I was hanging out with her like almost every night or whatever. And we got really close and talked or whatever. So over the course of like hanging out with her for a few weeks before she moved, like I ended up doing a fit step with her, you know, and then like immediately after that, I did one with my sponsor and stuff. But I think like the whole point of it is to be able to, find someone that you can confide in, you know what I'm saying? That you can trust and, you know, like not blab it or whatever, but that you're, you're comfortable with, because I think it's really important that you do get it all out. And whether it's, you know, with your sponsor or a therapist or a friend or whatever, you know, it's, it's important that you have enough courage to be vulnerable with someone else and let someone else in, you know, um, as far as like, like the, the getting the sponsor or the first sponsor or whatever, when you go to meetings or whatever, like don't even necessarily think about like my, my first goal is that I need to find a sponsor. Just start talking to people, you know what I'm saying? Like after the meeting, get the meeting early or whatever, and just be like, oh, how was your day? How, what are you doing today? Or what, you know what I'm saying? And start like just the normal banter or whatever. And then as you do that more and more, you get more comfortable with different individuals in the group and as a group as a whole. So that will ultimately, the more comfortable you are with that, the more courage you will have whenever it does come, come time to like do the harder stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, my first sponsor was kind of uh, not not push pushed upon me but a friend of mine who took me to my first uh meeting crystal she was like oh do you know dave dave should be your sponsor oh that's great and then she just like walks away that that annoys me when people do that i've seen people scared away from me i think she did she did like just how my tone was she kind of did it like as like a joke but it kind of put the um the spotlight on you the spotlight but also like that was day number two for me so i think it broke the ice enough and for me 
it worked. I can see what you're saying, like it being like funny. And yeah, some people are fine with that, but I def- I know people who like will avoid this meeting because that happened to them yeah. the first time they went to that meeting. And maybe it was okay for me a little bit more because since I agree that the men are with the men and the women with the women as far as that situation goes, oh, yeah. I, I it, it was like it would have been more awkward if, say, you know, Crystal was Chris and Chris was like, hey, yeah, he should be a sponsor and kind of like forced me into it. So it felt a little different. But, um, you know, I immediately what it caused is uh, my first sponsor, Dave, he would not often share in meetings. And I think uh, I didn't ever actually ask. I would love to get him on to get his take uh, and tell his story. But he shared in that meeting uh, just some of the like the the craziness and where he was in his life about he was, you know, on his riding mower and his phone dropped out of his pocket and got shredded up. So my first sponsor didn't actually have a phone when I started with him. He's like, it's going to take a couple days, but here's my house number. And because it was Vermont, he had a house phone. I know. Shocking. Um, So our like relationship started out where he actually it was the first day I met him. He was not having a good day because you guys can imagine if your phone got shredded up by a lawnmower, how you would be, you know, I would I would freak out. Yeah. Yeah, let alone he got out of himself and gave me his house number and started, you know, uh, that was on, what, Tuesday. And that Saturday, a couple of days later, is when um, we started working together. You know, he's like, read the doctor's opinion in the next four days, and then we'll we'll dive into what you thought about it and go from there. So that, that courage, I will admit, for me, uh, yes, I did after the meeting, after he, I you know, was able to identify with this stuff, it made it a little easier, you know, hearing that. But that was my experience with, uh, with courage with that. Did you feel like you had to be super courageous with your, just the sponsors that you had over the years, James, like asking Um, them and starting that relationship? No, I never had an issue with that. Like I'm very outgoing and I'll go up to anyone and talk to them. You know, that, that's never bothered me. It was the other stuff I was talking about before, you know, and, um, you know, sometimes, you know, I wanted to bring up that, um, you know, I know that courage is the principle for uh, those steps, but, um, you know, sometimes like in my day to day life, you know, I, I need courage to do the right thing sometimes because sometimes the easier way is what I would rather do. But um, as you guys know, especially Dennis, uh, I have a wife who has probably the most integrity I've ever met in another living person. Um, she, um, she will not cross the street if there's not a crosswalk. I'm, I'm talking about she follows the rules. And, um, you know, that's – I don't know if that's just in her DNA, but she has helped me to do this and because my my instinct is to do it you know the quicker easier way to do it like i've always done it and to do it because quote unquote i'm not hurting anyone but 
you know, my wife re- reminds me that, you know, it, it takes courage to do the right thing. You know, these rules are in place for a reason, you know, because, you know, people have I'm just using this example, like people have jaywalks here and they might buy cars. So if everyone did that, it would be chaos. Um, and our friend Jarrett likes to he said this once uh, like when I, t- I talked about before how we would go pool hopping and uh, we'd sneak into pools and uh, we'd swim there. And, um, you know, Dennis's sponsor, he's like, well, we're not hurting anyone. And Jared said, yeah, but what if everybody did this? <laughs> you, know, you know, he was, he was kind of, it's got a good point. So it takes courage to do the right thing, especially when no one's looking. And uh, I think that's what I, I wouldn't say struggle with today, but I try to, to do on a daily basis. And, um, you know, I still, I, my, my alcoholic person comes out all the time. Like I'm being, you know, sliding under the radar or, you know, doing things half-ass, even though I, I know that I could do it better. So it, so, so does that make sense to you guys? <laughs> yeah, it makes perfect sense. Uh, be, if you act on that principle, that means you're going to, every time you cut down a tree in Minecraft, you're not going to leave a floating UFO above, right? You're going to cut down the whole tree. I knew this was going to happen. Yeah, it always comes back to Minecraft. Well, you already told me what to do. Fly to the top of the tree and cut down. It's super simple. It is. Exactly. You're a good one, James. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all... Can uh, agree with that to some extent, I suppose. Uh, we'll be back next Thursday sharing our experience, strength, and hope with you on episode 80. We're the defective characters entirely ready to have these character defects removed. To remember, if I was the king of the forest, right? <laughs> you knew we were going to go there. We'll see you next time. Woo-hoo.